With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. Now jobs. Get the job done. Ka-ching! Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. On this day in 1987, the Simpsons first appear thanks to the Tracy Ullman Show. Just another American getting rich on the back of the British. Hey, kids. This is the Chad and Cheese Podcast Does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel Milhouse Cheeseman. This is Chad Dropkick Murphy So Wash. And I'm leaving disappointed in France again. Funny Benazza. And on this show, <laughs> Zoom goes shopping. Macron sticks it to America and a little, little buy or sell. Let's do this. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year... Thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. Yeah! That's what I'm fucking talking about. It must be a special shout-out from Chad Sowash. That's right, baby. Shout-out to Ireland for making President Biden look like a fucking rock star every time he he, he had an appearance in, in Ireland. President Biden recently came out to the Dropkick Murphy song, I'm Shipping Up to Boston, which you were just <laughs> listening to. Uh, smoke, lasers, oh, big-ass Irish flag in the backdrop. I mean, <laughs> shout-out to Ireland. They know how to make the old man look good. It was like a wrestling entrance. It was fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) No way were those Irish people that excited to see Joe Biden. They had to be hopped up on Irish whiskey and Guinness. Like, there's no other excuse for that. When aren't they? I mean, what (laughs) is that something new? Did they stop that? Yeah, it was it was around breakfast that they did this, (laughs) uh, that they had this celebration. So mine is Ireland, too, if you're done. Oh, there you go. Sure. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out to Michael Daniel Higgins. Now that is Irish. Jesus. Yeah. So 
if you're not in America, some, many of this show's listeners aren't. This got huge press. Biden in Ireland. This was like a huge deal. So I'm yeah. watching this thing on TV and I'm watching Biden with with uh, the delegates. And there's this little guy next to Biden that looks like an extra from Lord of the Rings or The <laughs> Hobbit. And I'm like, it's Frodo. I'm like, who the hell is that guy? So I, I researched it. It was Daniel or Michael Daniel Higgins, who is the president of Ireland. This guy is straight out of casting. Like he should have a pipe and a, a <laughs> like a dragon to ride. And this this hobbit. guy is yeah, Ireland to the bone. Apparently, he's been there since 2011. He's only five foot four. He's literally the shortest world leader, male or female, on the planet. Holy I mean, this shit. guy reeks of Lucky Charms cover model. <laughs> and I was so impressed. I mean, he he's in a tweed suit. He's got like the bald head with the, the festive oh, yeah. side. He needs some big <laughs> lamb chops. He's got a Bernese mountain dog. I mean, it was just awesome. So, I mean, this guy was Ireland to the bone. I loved it. I had no idea who he was, but now he's my favorite world leader. Michael D. Higgins, baby. Shout out. And it, and, it, and, it, and it also made Joe Biden look better. Again, Ireland making Joe Biden look like a fucking rock star. I, and that shit's not easy, kids. Two white dudes in their 80s. Tell me they're not partying <laughs> up in Ireland. Jesus. Save us, Levin. We're going from Ireland to Montana with Levin. Shout out. Right, right, right. Um, I know Montana is not in Europe, as uh, Chet uh, <laughs> told me before the show, and I know Montana is not in Europe, but I would Geography, like to... Geography, okay? Full of Europeans, Geography. though. <laughs> full, of, full of rich Europeans buying land. Rich even, okay. Shout out to Montana for showing Europe how to ban TikTok, and I've been complaining about TikTok since TikTok was launched, uh, even in the show a few times, and Montana actually was the first state to put a ban on TikTok. So now it's officially illegal to install TikTok on a smartphone if you're an American living in Montana. So hail to Montana. <laughs> and all five people who live there. And their cows. We have some live footage in the back of a ranch when the Chinese spy balloon flew over Montana. That's the only right reaction. If you see a balloon, shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> Watch yourself leaving. That one thing that this country has that no other country has is an abundance of guns. So they will shoot shit. Okay. I know. Not safe. Not safe. Do, do they have the Yellowstone show in Belgium? No. And actually, I would like to see it. I've, uh, it's probably on some paid channel, but I Paramount. actually never watch TV. But I, yep. I wanted to see it. Yeah. Paramount Plus. Paramount yeah. Plus in Belgium. Yeah. Probably going to have to VPN it. But other than that, you should be good. I know how to VPN something. What are you doing, step bro? <laughs> All right. Speaking of places to go and travel for both of us, Chad, we're on the move in Europe this year, starting yeah. in July, I think. We'll be in London for Wreckfest. Where else will we be in Europe this year? We've got we've got Unleash coming up this week. My brain is on fire because of everything that we're going to be doing in Vegas this week. And then thinking about Wreckfest at Nebworth mm -hmm. and then Nashville later. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much going on. Uh, listeners, go to chadcheese.com, click on events, go ahead, register. Register for them all. It's not, not to mention, we also have a move of the e-recruiting Congress from later this year to early next year. Yeah. So look for that. Levin, we're pretty, we're pretty bummed you're not going to be in Vegas for Unleash uh, next week. There's 
fucking pot parties. We're in a Ferris wheel drinking all kinds of stuff. We're doing a Tatio event again. Like you got to get out to America, dude, and come party with Chad and cheese. One of these years. Someday, someday I will. Promised. (laughs) (laughs) Topics. All right. Zoom. Yes. That Zoom has announced its acquisition of WorkVivo, an Irish startup, there we are in Ireland again, that focuses on internal communication and company culture. The acquisition will diversify Zoom's product suite and give it a direct connection to a number of big-name enterprise clients. WorkVivo is known for its asynchronous communication platform, which fosters employee engagement through an activity feed, people directory surveys, and a conduit for critical company communications. The deal's financial terms have not been disclosed, but WorkVivo's founders and employees will join Zoom as part of the deal. Apparently, they're called Zoomies at Zoom, in case anyone was wondering. (laughs) Chad, we rarely see deals like this go down. What are your thoughts? First off, Zoomies are what dogs do when they're running around the house or around the yard when they just like for no apparent reason, they're like going full throttle. Those are those are Zoomies. So we've talked about WorkVivo on the show a few times and, and it was kind of like a Facebook workplace style internet for companies. And I've always been kind of lukewarm on the idea as I felt that there are way too many other tools that are bigger and better, like the Slacks of the world that are just components that, you know, Vivo couldn't, couldn't compete with. So, you know, I, I don't believe that I would ever buy a work Vivo, but where I would have swiped left, Zoom swiped right. And personally, I believe this is a great coupling. How can Zoom start to compete with Microsoft Teams? How can Zoom you know, position itself as a, an employee communications platform beyond video and messaging and transform into a talent management hub? There's only one answer. That's WorkVivo. Uh, how does Zoom inflate its lagging stock price? <laughs> how can Zoom open up its TAM and then the ability to gain more wallet share from their current roster of clients. I mean, there are so many good reasons why a company like Zoom, which I didn't see happening, would buy a WorkVivo. So this, I think, is probably the best arranged marriage of the year. So we we have talked about WorkVivo a few times. Uh, They were founded back in 2017. They've raised roughly $40 million. Uh, They claim to uh, have 1 million employees connect with their colleagues through their app. And they count companies like Amazon, Lululemon, and Liberty Mutual as their clients. So a lot of good things going on here at WorkVivo. Terms were not disclosed, which is a little strange for a public company like Zoom. Uh, If they paid a good price for that, it seems like something that they would um, announce. You hit it right on the head when you talked about Microsoft. Look, Zoom was the darling of Wall Street mm. during the pandemic. Yep. You had a few companies that were like, oh, they went from 20 to $300 a share. And Zoom was one of those companies. Once the pandemic subsided, people went back to work. Teams got traction out of Microsoft. Zoom stock price uh, has come back to earth in a big way. I think the AI component and what Microsoft Teams will be doing with OpenAI and the integration with ChatGPT takes it up another notch in terms of Zoom needs to do something. I think the other side of that is you have a Salesforce, which has been competing with Microsoft forever, 
acquire a company like Slack. And for the last year or so, Salesforce's share price has gradually gone up and up and up, mm. while Zoom stock price has been pretty much sideways for the last over a year, really. So juice the stock. Well, Wall Street doesn't really agree. Um, since this deal was announced, the stock really hasn't done much of anything. Uh, either that's because no one knows what work Vivo is, which is quite possibly, uh, versus buying someone like Slack. Slack was a multi-billion dollar deal, though, where I'm guessing Work Vivo was nowhere near uh, that much money. So I think Zoom has its work cut out for it. I think it's an uphill battle. I think Microsoft is an apex predator looking to just take Zoom out. And I think Salesforce is making waves. Obviously, Google's going to get into some of this. Even Facebook's uh, little at work, which we haven't talked about in a while, is, is still out there as a social media communications platform. So this is a Hail Mary. As far as I'm concerned, it's Zoom trying to compete with Microsoft and some others. I think it's going to be a failed attempt and the stock is going to continue to go sideways and down. Um, I don't think it's it's much of anything. Good for work, Vivo. They got paid and sold and everybody still has a job. But as far as long-term uh, prospects for Zoom, I would not be recommending buying that stock anytime soon. I kind of like work, Vivo, but the problem is... Zoom is the mothership and WorkFivo is not going to improve Zoom. And I use Zoom a lot when I'm teaching. Zoom, Zoom is a pretty good platform because you can speak to 100 and if you get a better account, even more people at the same time. And it's better for teaching than Teams, for example, or Google Hangout or, or Skype or whatever. But it's not good. I mean, for example, the audio sucks. If you have several people talking at the same time, they are going to take one voice and lift it up and they're going to use some audio ducking on the other voice. So they go down. So when people are in a meeting and meetings, good meetings have people talking to each other because they get animated and then you just miss parts of the conversation. And that's something I don't have with Teams, for example. Teams is very basic, but Teams is doing what Teams should be doing, organizing meetings. So if Zoom wants to stay alive, it's not by buying companies like uh, WorkVivo, I think. They just should improve whatever they're doing as a, a basic. And today I feel they're lagging behind. They had their moment, like like Joel said, and, and the shares boom, because everyone, everyone was pulling money from every company and investing in it and the few companies who would get better through COVID. And Zoom was one of those. But they totally missed the momentum, I think. And now buying WorkVivo is like a, uh, a silly effort. I don't know. I don't think they can compete with companies like Google Hangouts, Skype, Teams. And buying WorkVivo won't make a big difference. So I think it's a, a lost shot. Did he say Skype? They still exist. They still exist. <laughs> I was looking up competitors. And it, the number one competitor that came up and this tells you the the history of the rankings was WebEx. And I'm like, who the fuck yeah. uses WebEx, WebEx anymore? Blue jeans. Okay, they, they suck too. They suck too. <laughs> Next up, the return of Yammer, everybody. Let's take a quick break <laughs> and we'll play a little buy or sell. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. 
We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. All right, guys, who's ready for a little buy or sell? Yeah. That's right. If you don't know, here's how we play. We talk about three companies that have recently gotten funding or are raising money. We read a summary and each of us will either buy or sell the company. Are you ready to play buy or sell? First up, we got Lupin. UK-based Lupin has raised 1.6 million pounds in seed funding. The beta platform, which aims to help businesses measure and improve employee morale, is expected to roll out a coaching feature also. Lupin is the first to develop a metric for measuring morale, and it combines with generative AI to change the way successful companies operate. Chad, is this a buy or just another loopy startup? Go. So it almost feels like this is a pivot of monumental size when they start talking about a morale platform. I mean, efficiency platforms, this is the time to be an efficiency platform, but yet they're trying to become a a morale platform. I I love efficiency tools. I can't get enough of them. But after watching the Lupin demos and digging deeper, it really feels like a platform that is about 10 years old, kind of like Trello meets Google Calendar. You're using a platform, but if I'm still doing all the manual work, does that mean I'm more efficient? No. Integrating a virtual assistant into the platform. Now that would be awesome. Recording meetings, transcribing, summarizing notes, being able to create actions and and tasks for this pseudo Google calendar thing that they have. In a world of chat GPT, we have to see more. And if if you're going to make a big announcement, calling it a morale platform, morale boosting platform, where's the wah, wah, wah at? Because this is a sell. Oh, you know the wah, wah, wah is always at my beck and call, <laughs> Chad. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Um, this one's a little close to, to my heart. Uh, I, I launched an app 10 years ago called Morale, which is sort of similar. Uh, Ratedly, which I, I built looking at morale on, on review sites and also Poach, which use some uh, natural language processing to kind of gauge, build a almost like a stock chart of, of morale and what's going on yeah. at the company. Sentiment score almost, Sentiment right? score, yeah. So this one's a little close to, to the vest for me, although the, the idea is a buy because I've done it a few times and I can't like not be for it. I'm here to tell you it's, it's not going to happen because people don't care. Companies don't really care how you feel. I mean, everyone says they do. Everyone... Uh, it says that how our employees feel and their morale and that they are excited to come to work is important. I think everyone being remote potentially gives this a shot, but ultimately companies care about what you produce. They don't care about how you feel. And as long as you're producing and you're miserable, companies don't really give a shit. If you don't start, if you don't produce and you're happy, you're fired. Okay, great. Uh, if you're producing and you're unhappy, No one gives a shit. Like basically companies don't want to know if you're happy or not. And as long as you're producing, they don't care if you're happy or not. If you're not producing, you're going to get fired and you'll be unhappy either way. And it's certainly not something that in my experience, companies are willing to spend a lot of money to to do. So for me as well, uh, the wah-wah is one of my favorites. This one, although a buy, just because it's 
it's close to me. It's a big sell because companies don't give a shit. So Leave you it. don't think Jamie Dimon and, and DJ Saul cares about their, their employees, that they wouldn't think this is big? <laughs> no. Exactly. No, I don't. First of all, we do care about our employees, but we don't need a employee morale booster based on AI-generated content to care about the people. I mean, it's, it's totally bullshit. What, what can you expect from an, a platform <laughs> like that? Something like giving me motivational slogans every 15 minutes. Hey, go, go, leave. Or, or every oak was once a little acorn. Go, go. I mean, seriously. So what's a morale booster going to do with people who are seriously depressed? Nothing at all. I don't think you need a coach to keep your employees from leaving. I think you need interesting jobs and a decent surrounding and, and capable staff, etc. So, uh, And the best thing I feel to improve morale is to uh, offer your people a common enemy. That's a different thing. Okay. But <laughs> what I found interesting about TikTok... <laughs> <laughs> What I found interesting about Lupin was that uh, their CEO, Ben, used to be a Royal Marine, and he claims the motivational um, stuff he learned being a Marine, he's using now in his app. And that's an interesting thing. And I'm sure that uh, if you're um, able to motivate a team in a terrible environment like the army, then you should be able to do it in a company as well. But uh, how do you feel about it, Chat? It's your business armies. At the end of the day, that type of motivation is entirely different than the motivation that we see on the corporate side. Yeah. You fucking maggot, get your lazy yeah. ass. That's not yeah. the kind of Because yeah. you could die. And if, you, yeah. if you're fucking something up, then, you know, literally there are lives on the line versus something like this. So when somebody says like, you know, you're going to take your, your motivational skills that you learned in the, the military, it's an entirely different world. So good for him. But yeah, I don't see it working. Sell. Sell. Definitely sell. <laughs> Three cells for Loop. Wow. All right. Next up, Dutch HR tech firm Para has secured 5 million euros. Para aims to make recruitment faster and more accurate by analyzing the language used by job applicants and has a database of more than 5.5 million professionals. The funds will be used to develop Para's technology, expand its footprint in the Benelu. Is that how it's pronounced, Levin? Benelux. Benelux. Benelux, which is uh, Belgium, Holland, and Luxembourg, which I didn't know. That's that's news for me. And as well as the UK and continue to gather data to improve its algorithms. The firm's Periscope tool examines applicants' responses to three open-ended questions and compares them with a data set on the professional achievements of others. Chad, buy or sell Para. This is probably the fastest assessment, see what I did there, that I've made in a long time. And it all has to do with the following quote from Rena Houston Rabu. Is that how you say it? Houston? Good enough. Where she mentions, I analyzed the, the following statement, quote, the research behind Para's approach is based on over 30 years of science where it has been proven that people's communication contains subliminal clues about their motivations personalities and behavior, end quote. What the kind of fucking cycle babble bullshit <laughs> is that? Subliminal clues? Do fairies also help in the predictive function of para? I mean, if I were a hiring company, I would run for the hills. If somebody calls you and says, hey, I'm from para, put the phone down. I can't sell this fast enough. It's it's done. Goodbye. <laughs> Right, fucking subliminal so. are you kidding okay first of all the website is ridiculous like <laughs> it is the most asinine weird website for a SaaS company i've ever seen 
they they must have spent a ton of money on this website and it's totally ridiculous just go check it out if you want to see what i'm talking about that was a big like for me starting off so the website says quote your written language is like a fingerprint it can reveal your key competencies and future potential all we need is your responses to a three question interview. Okay. Who the fuck writes anymore? Okay. It's a lost art. Kids don't do it. Young people don't write well anymore. And if, if you need to be a solid writer to come across on this test as a good potential employee, like a lot of people are screwed because they just don't write anymore. Paradox is Tradeify, which uses visual shit and apparently works, I think <laughs> is a much better technology. <laughs> visual shit. I mean, if you want something simple, like go, go with a Tradeify or Paradox. If you want to go all in on this stuff, like use someone like Plum. I just don't see Para cutting through with a three-question writing test. I do like the regional focus, and I like that I've I've learned a, a new word like Benelux because maybe I'll use that <laughs> at some point. But for me as well, man, I, I just this fast enough. This this is crazy shit. Para leaving. First of all, if you say Benelux, you have to say Belgium, Netherlands, Luxembourg, and not Belgium, Holland, Luxembourg, as you did, because then the acronym is kind of lost. But have, have patience, man. God is not finished with me yet. Sorry. Benelux. <laughs> Benelux. <laughs> okay. But uh, talking about para, I totally agree. I mean, they say on their website, three simple steps. The candidate answers three open questions online. There's no right or wrong. Then para registers the answers and extracts information from language that subconsciously says something about the candidate. And then will the platform compare that data with a database of successful people in the same role? That's, in my opinion, it's, it's bullshit. But who am I? <laughs> and I asked Rina Joosten, because that's the way how you pronounce her name. I asked Rina Joosten on LinkedIn to connect, and she already accepted. So I'm going to give her the right to, uh, to answer. And uh, if she listens, maybe somehow will um, hint the show to her. Oh, she'll if listen. If she listens, she can contact me. We're connected now. And I'm really interested because psychology interests me. And if she can prove that subconscious stuff like this could uh, work, I'm happy to listen. But for now on, it's a very, very big sell. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. That's six cells, everybody. Let's see Jeez. if uh, the final company can save it. All right. This is a crowdfunding deal uh, that's nearing its goal of raising 700,000 euros. Uh, the company Equitas is an interview intelligence software aiming to support fair and inclusive hiring, helping companies build diverse teams. Founded in 2018 and headquartered in Belfast, the startup says it's seen 800% year-over-year growth in the volume of interviews and have a sales pipeline of over 3 million pounds. 32 investors have already jumped in to invest, but I want to know what you two think. Chad, buy or sell Equitas. So co-founder Michael Blakely has experience in recruiting and deep experience in assessments. And what is an interview? It's an assessment. The platform provides structure to the interview, creating a standardized flow and questions, including probing questions. No note-taking necessary as the audio is recorded and transcribed. Pretty standard nowadays. This is a very competitive space, but I always bet on industry experience and Equitas has that Plus, focus on the UK and Ireland. For me, going to break the ice. It's a buy. Holy shit. Somebody had to. <laughs> Leaving you're chomping at the bit. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? No, I want to go. No worries. Go ahead. I feel it's like very American software, I think. 
It's maybe useful for multinationals to prove in court they don't discriminate because basically uh, with the transcribing stuff and all, that's what it's doing. It's keeping records of how these, the application process went and then it's offering proof we didn't discriminate because of this and that. But for most SMEs in Europe and probably also for really big companies in Europe, we don't need software to do it. I mean, the shortage of qualified candidates is structural, so we just don't have the luxury to choose between many candidates, let alone to discriminate. So I don't think many companies in Europe will be interested in buying software to prove they don't discriminate. And they definitely won't buy it because they don't want to discriminate. I mean, they don't want to discriminate, but they, they just won't. So I don't feel uh, this has big possibilities in uh, most European countries, but maybe Anglo-Saxon countries, yes. They resemble America more. Could be. But for me, it's a sell. All right, we're back to selling, guys. Okay, we're back to selling. All right, higher view... Willow, Vid Recruiter, Vervo, Paradox, Spark Hire, Wedge, Hirefix, Indeed, Tescarilla, Bright Hair, Bright Hire, sorry. Should I go on? Oh, that's great market validation. That's a good point. Yeah. Equitas is a knife in a gunfight. Uh, if you want to invest in Belfast, buy a bottle of Bushmills. This also. <laughs> Is a sell for me. If you're keeping track at home, that is eight sells and one buy. All right, let's get to one of our favorite or least favorite, depending on who you're asking. Leaders in Europe, French President Emmanuel Macron has called for Europe to reduce its reliance on the U.S. What? And avoid being caught up in a confrontation between the U.S. and China over Taiwan. Speaking to journalists after spending six hours with Chinese President Xi during a state visit to China, Macron emphasized his support for his concept of, quote, strategic autonomy, end quote, for Europe, in which Europe would become a third third superpower. The French president argued that Europe should focus on boosting its own defense industries while reducing its reliance on the extraterritoriality of the U.S. dollar. European Council President Charles Michel seems to agree, saying EU cannot, quote, blindly, systematically follow Washington. Chad, what do you make of all this strategic autonomy talk in the old country? I make that I want to hear from the European on this one first. And that's supposed to be me? That is true, <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, Macron spent six hours talking to Xi Jinping, and afterwards he launches the idea of Europe as a third superpower. Seriously, I mean, Russia and China succeeded in convincing Trump to move away from Europe and NATO, but then Trump screwed up and he didn't get reelected. So now they have to try something else and they try a different approach and convincing Macron that Europe needs to be a third superpower. And Macron obviously is a very big ego and he probably sees himself as the president of that third superpower. That's ridiculous. I mean, in different times, I would agree on Europe needing to reduce its dependency on the US, but not today. These aren't the times. Without the US, Ukraine would be a part of Russia by now. Taiwan would be Chinese. So what? I'm, I'm sure Putin thinks Poland and maybe the Baltics belong to Russia too. And I have no clue what China wants after Taiwan, but I'm sure we won't like it. And, and China has been increasing their military budgets drastically in the past decade. And it's not because they're afraid of NATO and they're afraid that NATO might attack them. Might attack them. So I don't know what they're planning on, but Taiwan is too small to justify those really big growths and, 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 and military budget. And China doesn't have many friends. So you have North Korea, but there are many, many countries with common enemies 
like Iran, for example, idealistically, they are totally different with China, but they have the same same enemy, the West. So I don't think we want a stronger stronger China right now. It's really it's it's a problem. I think it's a problem bigger than Russia is. But um, now getting a split up between the United States and Europe would be the biggest stupidity to do. But who am I? America. So yeah. So you mentioned a name, Trump. He was probably one of the the, the best. Was it helpful idiots that all the strong strong arm men across the across the world had? You know the the uh, Xi's, the Putins, the what, what's his little buddy in North Korea? Kim Kim Jong Un. Un or something. Kim Jong Un. He's saying the things that you shouldn't out loud, which is another thing that that Trump is saying. If you feel this, I totally get it. This is not something you say on the world stage at this point in time. Do I believe in isolationism? No, that's total bullshit because we have to have redundancies, right? And we have to be smart because we do have a global economy, although you have to be smart. And from the EU, I see from the standpoint of you look to the EU first, and then you look outward. And, and number two is the US. Totally get that. So one thing uh, neither neither of you mentioned uh, was a, a certain uh, riotous behavior in France currently going on because they're raising the retirement age. Uh, and what better, way, what better way to divert attention to riots in the street in Paris than to talk about uh, being autonomous and leaving uh, the US or relying on the U.S. much less than they have. Look, historically, World War II happened. Europe was decimated. America basically said, we're going we're gonna to police the seas, the oceans. Uh, we're going to basically be a, a, a Kevlar vest over Europe, you know, protecting you from everything. Uh, you won't have to build your military as, as much as you have in the past. We'll create a, un- a union and things for 50 years or so uh, were pretty much like that. And America spent a lot of money to protect everyone and everyone lived really nicely and had nice welfare in Europe because they didn't have to build a military. They could spend all their money on on their citizens and keep them keep them uh, happy in that in that system. Fast forward forward to today. America, I think, is spending 5x on Ukraine versus what Europe is. We're still spending a ton of money for defenses of Europe and keeping Russia at bay um, in many cases. So it's it's sort of strange to say Europe is going to be autonomous and less on the U.S. Um, I see I see the reality of it in that uh, if we do get into war with Taiwan, does Europe want to be involved with that? Not really. They didn't really want to be involved when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. Uh, now, they did send troops ultimately, but we sent a lot more troops to Europe and money and resources than they did to... They were already in a conflict. I, let's, let's make sure everybody remembers that. Well, hold on. We were, on a two, we were fighting a two-front war. They're fighting the Nazis. Uh, uh, again, they were already in a conflict. The point what is, the they fuck have no, did you want them to they do? Have, they have no history of saying <laughs> the U.S. is in trouble in Asia... France had given up. What did you want them to do, Joel? What did you want France to do I mean, even, then? Even Belgium gave up after <laughs> six days. Historically, Europe you're all fucked up. get involved in the Pacific. <laughs> no, no, it's true. But um, am I wrong? When they bombed Pearl Harbor, what was going on in Europe at that time, Joel? War. 
Oh no shit. No shit. Okay. They had to, they had to defend themselves. So we could have said, you guys deal with Europe, we got the Japanese to deal with. But we no, didn't we do saw that. that shit coming to us, so we had to actually do something. That was an America first issue. Why oh, could have Amer- uh, Europe seen Jap- Japan coming their way? They could have, but they were already in a fight. Japan is very far, and Germany wasn't. So we weren't in the European fight, but we got into it. That's okay. But your argument that they're already in a war, so they couldn't come to the Pacific. Dude, uh, most countries were decimated. Yeah, and, and America was pissed off because of Pearl Harbor, and then they, they had to be involved but uh, I, I'm not sure that they want to be uh, part of the Second World War in the beginning. No. And the first one, uh, they only joined in 16 or something. When did the Americans come to Europe to save our asses for the, I don't know how many We're times? We're always slow. Yeah. Yeah. But that, when you come, of course, you you'd kind of change time. So let me get around to my final point here. <laughs> Europe is destined to eventually, I don't want to say be on its own, but America is going to support Europe less and less as the decades go on and on. And they need to figure out what their road is. Uh, Is it a third superpower that sort of makes nice with both the China, Russia, Iran axis of evil, as well as America and try to toe that line and trade with both? I mean, let's be honest, like for energy, Europe had a really nice winter that was warm This wasn't a huge issue, but energy is going to be an issue next year. So Europe has a lot of issues in terms of relying on stuff from Russia and energy that they need to sort of at least act like we're not America's bitch. We can make our own decisions. So I think (laughs) I think Macron in some ways and Europe in some ways is is forced to be like, we can't just totally be on one side or the other. We have to try to play nice with everybody. So our our folks don't fucking revolt, which. As Macron knows, they have a tendency to do. They want to keep the peace, keep people warm in the winter, keep people fed. And to do that, they kind of have to play on both sides of the fence. But I think it would be kind of selfish from Europe to say, okay, when uh, Russia is attacking Ukraine, America, please help us. But when China is attacking Taiwan and the Americas has guaranteed they will protect Taiwan, then Europe would say, no, nah, we don't want to be involved. It just doesn't work like that. There has to be loyalty from both sides. I will, I will tell you, if, if Russia had rolled through Ukraine and was at the doorstep of Poland, Europe would then, be singing a much different tune than they are now. Yeah, of course. I mean, and it, it was a possibility. I mean, Russia is expected to do it in a few weeks, take the whole of Ukraine. Everyone... Actually, so as I was surprised, it didn't work out that way. Because apparently, uh, Russia Russia's army wasn't as good as they expected. Crimea was a was a practice practice yeah. run, and, and we didn't react, and they expected the same now. We did. I'm sure Russia would love nothing then for our attention to be diverted to the Pacific and China, which leaves Europe much more on its own than it does now. So anyway, the world is going to get interesting, kids, uh, in a not great way. I suspect. Give me a beach and an umbrella drink. That's all I care. (laughs) Portugal's fine, everybody. Let's go meet (laughs) up at Chad's for pina coladas and sunbathing. We out. We out. out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The Chad. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know, and yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses, and not one word 
So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.